Hello, and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebvre. And I'm Jessica Tercero. And this week... And this week, we watched... We watched the Addams Family! Boop, 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 Ad- boop, 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 Yeah, I was super excited for this because I fucking love the 1990s Adams Family. And I loved um, the old TV show, too. See, I was more of a Munsters boy when it came to... I fucking love the Munsters, too. The Munsters. But that was one of the things, though, is I, I loved the Adams Family 90s movies because that's all I knew about the Adams Family. I didn't know it was like a comic or like that instance and then the show. And then the, I didn't know there were these iterations of it. But for me, it was like, oh, that's they're the same thing. The Munsters and the Adams Family are the same thing. In my head as a child, I was like, oh, yeah, I love the Adams Family. It's the Munsters. I'm thinking in my head, canonically, the Munsters. <laughs> it was like, Adams Family is so good. And then the movie that they did for the Munsters, amazing. With Christina Ricci, I loved it. Yeah. It was. That's so funny. Silly. But <laughs> yeah, the Adams Family is great. Also, I love that we're keeping on trend with scary shit and not not acknowledging Thanksgiving because we don't need to. There's no there's no. no reason to acknowledge that as a holiday. And I feel like let's go from oh my god, I don't know if we're going to do this, but like let's go from this to like jingle all the way or some stupid shit. <laughs> okay, if there I swear to god, if there was a fucking sequel or a remake to that, I would love We should do that for a bonus episode because I fucking love that. But yeah, yeah, so I'm excited to get there. I feel like this might be the last i don't know who knows we don't even know what we're doing next week so uh we could keep up creepy trend and just like slide right in with another scary story but who knows but adam Shanley's great the concept is great i mean one of these two films is great one of them is not great. one of them one of them is far far from it but the concept of the adam Shanley okay. in general amazing beautiful we love it yeah so good, so great. 1990s Adams Family, this is it. Like, I feel like when I saw Indiana Jones 4 and I was like, oh, this doesn't exist. That's how I feel about 2018 or 2019, whatever, whatever the fuck that second one came out. Okay, the wait. Reboot. Are you talking about the Crystal Skull? Yeah. You didn't like the Crystal Skull? Okay, when I first watched it, I didn't. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't gone back and watched it. So like, no, I feel like I, everything. Everything I've had to qualify it and be like, I don't think I like this. I like you know. <laughs> well, the, Why I, do you I, stand I it? only. I mean, no, because I don't really remember it that much. I do remember watching it and liking it and being in one of the first times I wrestled with the everyone saying they hate it, and I'm like, oh, I kind of like loved it uh aliens and indiana jones sign me the fuck up please uh and i actually i thought i really enjoyed it it was silly but like all of those movies are silly so i was like whatever can but we that, do that next week i know maybe oh my god is this is this what we're doing okay but oh yes god. so i don't that's a whole nother thing but it was one of those first moments where i was like oh wait do i have to change my opinion to like make people not mad at me or like <laughs> get into these dumb arguments that i don't want to keep talking about with people dude who are just right like, just like, oh, I, f- I feel differently. Explain to me exactly why you feel differently for 30 minutes and exhaust your emotions. Like, I'm, I'm I hated really Star Wars fine. 9. You suck. Like, y- yeah. Yeah. Big like, mess. the fandom around some of these movies is just incredibly hard to go against or talk oh, it's about. Rough. Or, yeah. have an, or have an opinion other than, oh, my God, this is so good. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But 
I feel like this Adams Family episode is going to be inarguable. And if you argue with us, you're wrong. JK LOL. Um, but think about but it. But not really. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's fucking this, 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 there's so much wrong with the animated one. Like they spent, I think it was like a $109 million movie or something stupid. They spent like 90 million probably on cast. And then they gave like a cool 5% of the budget to story, animation, writing, post, every, literally everything else. Cause this, ca- yeah, because the, like, the cast was fucking awesome. It's, it's I wild. really wanted it to be good. And if we weren't watching it for this podcast, I would have turned it off within 10 minutes. Probably so five would I minutes, have. actually. Oh, yeah. After that first scene, the, oh my God. I'm, we'll get into it, yes. But bef- that, that, yeah. uh, epilogue or whatever. Or is it a prologue or epilogue? Before? Whatever the fuck it was. It's, it's just bad from start to finish. Do you, yeah. wait, okay. Do you know who made the movie? It's, uh, okay. Have you seen Shrek? Yeah. Do you remember the gingerbread man? Yeah. So the gingerbread man made this movie and, with his friend. And the movie they made before this was Sausage Party, which was literally about food having sex with each other. Yeah. So they decided that this is who they wanted to make this movie. It's true. It's so true. You That's can totally that look it up. Yeah. What the Danny fuck? looked it up and Danny is a Shrek expert. He's a Shrekspert. So, uh, Stan. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's going to be a big old no. It, I mean, <sighs> let's jump into it and then we'll, okay, we'll dive. Cause I feel like <laughs> if we don't, I'm going to start talking about like thematic empathy and why this and blah. And I'm just, I, we need to, just so nice I word. have, we, we need to, we need to lay a little foundation before I start yeah. okay. using okay, words okay, I don't okay. know the meanings of. Okay. So, but just keep that in mind when we talk about 2019 Adam's Family. The gingerbread man from Shrek did that movie. (laughs) In some unspecified American town, between a swamp and a cemetery, lies the kooky mansion of the Adam's Family. Longing for the return of his brother Fester, Gomez Adams mourns his inevitably concluding loss by holding one final seance. In an attempt to con the Adams out of their fortune, local carn artist Abigail Craven uses the indebted Adams family lawyer Tully Alford to swindle the family by using her son to pose as Fester Adams. The grift works. No, it doesn't. Wait. Yes, it does. Fake Fester is blending right in with the family and is only skeptic to a young Wednesday Adams whose obsession with the Bermuda Triangle calls Fester's origin story into question. To make sure they run off with the riches before they're caught, a going-away celebration is held for Fester, who claims he must depart once again. What's this? Fester wants to be a part of the family? Hooray! JK, they lose their home and are forced to live in a hotel. JK, they get their home back, thanks to some novel special effects. Hooray! Ba-da-da-da! Yeah. (laughs) I'm so stoked for... Okay, first, I just want to say about this movie, it... Holds the fuck up. It's fucking wonderful. And for the very first time, I think, I have more notes about the women in this movie than I do about the men. And that's saying a lot for how many men were on screen. So fucking. And oh, I'm so excited. I'm excited that we're doing another film with Angelica Houston because she's just fucking. This is this is her role that I when I think of Angelica Houston, I think of this role and how 
fucking perfect she was for this. Also, she went through a whole fuck ton to be Morticia. They like had to make a metal corset for her to get the shape and she like couldn't lie down and would get big headaches and stuff and they had to do neck tucks and like uh Well, they had to pull her face back. They they so they yeah. underneath the they had to like pull her eyes back so it was like perfectly smooth skin Ugh. so it looks like she's like kind of wincing at all times. Which I mean, obviously she looked gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> not Obviously. to say that you need to but, but she looked damn. amazing my second note here is nostalgia is just now at angelica houston stan podcast like that's 100%. just i mean 100%. everything we said about her performance in the witches we can say here she's perfect incredible delivery i mean just base level writing just these small little couplet jokes these like small wincy double entendre moments of like whatever where it's like the good thing but the opposite like it's perfect it's so well written so subtle so simple so easy but like her delivery what is it like where he's like unhappy darling she's like oh yes completely like just silly yeah. and fun and uh, and then like when somebody mentions the bermuda triangle and she's like she starts getting all hot about it like oh gomez the bermuda triangle and he's like oh you mean the devil's whatever she's like i mean this and it's just like Oh She's my god. Amazing. She's so good. This movie was so fucking horny. And I'm pretty it's sure so this is where horny. like most of us, like, you know, nineties kids introduction into BDSM because holy oh, fucking yeah. shit. There were so many times where it was just like, Don't torture yourself. That's my job, right? And then like yes. he, they like he gets all hot for her while she's like, even though she's like taking captive and stuff, he's like, mm, and then they're like, Oh, oh, wait, hold on. Like they fuck so much and that was one of the things that angelica houston wanted to bring to this like she said i don't think it's necessary for all good wives and mothers to be sexless and i'm like fuck yes go off like that is so sick well that's one of the things that i want like i mean if we're gonna jump in what is beautiful about this movie and about the idea of the adams family that is portrayed through this ip or like what we know as the Adams family in the nineties with these two movies. I mean, we don't get into values, but like this cast of Adams family is there's this like unrelenting empathy and a sort of search and uh, admiration of joy. Joy is of the utmost, even though like textually in their terms, they would say something like mourning or something, the opposite of joy, but truly at the end of the day, there's never a moment where any one of them is like yucking the other's yum. It's always a mm-hmm. an addition to or a, it, like it's never in spite of. It's always in addition to no matter what. When it's like the kids, I mean, even the moment where like Wednesday's walking through the kitchen holding the knife and uh, Morticia's like, what are you going with that knife? And she's like to Pugsley and she's like, that won't do. And she takes a knife out of her hands and gives her a fucking axe. And she yeah. just like goes. She pluses it. She adds more to it. It's never there's ne- there and and oh my god, and there's so much within that pursuit of joy. The foundation for that is trust, constant trust, no matter what. Mm-hmm. The kids, their relationship, their, their I mean, obviously strangers they're all, with strangers. There's strangers, constant, anybody. They're so trusting and 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 understand and just the general goodness of character in general that they don't think that anybody would harm them because of their view of death. Death is not the end of life. Death is to be embraced. Death is a part of life in that way. Everything is cyclical. So it's this constant understanding that like time is limited to a certain extent, but in this time celebrate joy. Celebrate 
celebrate mm. what is currently. Don't spend time dwelling on things that weren't or things that haven't. Spend time on what is currently. And that's like the whole basis of them. And I'm like, yes, it's all these other fucking people who are throwing all their other toxic relationship shit in and all their other sort of like expected heteronormative shit in there that causes the drama. It's never them. It's always other people. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, the fighting is never with them. Like they just allow like one of the things that I love so much about this is every person in that family is different. And like, sure, they're the same because like, they have this like slightly different outlook on life, but like the outlook is like basically embrace individuality, trust everybody, have kindness, you know, like don't be cheap about things. Like they fucking dote on everybody and on each other. Yeah. And like the only time that we really kind of see them judge anybody is when they're sitting there for the children's performance and they're like, Oh my God, what the fuck is this? Right. Well, and then every other time, like, Gomez even has faith in the courts. He's like, oh, they're going to do the right thing. You know, oh, this person's going to do the right yeah. thing. And there's not one point where I think anybody in the film, like, or any of the family, like, looks at each other and is like, you're stupid or I hate you or is like trying to Never. hold each other back. Even when Gomez goes down, like, into his depressive state, right? They're like, okay, cool. Like, cause what this family does is they're always kind of prepared for the worst and they lean into it and find joy no matter where they are. And when Gomez kind of like trails off a little bit and maybe like sits in front of the TV and stuff, Marcia's just like, tight, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to teach children and it's going to be dope. And then she yeah. like, she never like goes up to her husband and is like, you're worthless. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, fine. I'm going to handle everything. Do she doesn't need permission. She does. And like he's not pissed off at her for anything, right? We I I love that the conflict is never them. Like that's that's so important because how often do we how often do we get that? You know? Yeah. Well, also them as the outlier that is sort of like the the gaze for the the reality around them. They are the antithesis of opposite. They are exactly what it means to not fit in, right? But this version of not fitting in, it's like, so for Morticia and Gomez, there's this general trope in at least westernized society, in heteronormative society, where like, the longer you're together, you fall out of love. It's expected. That's what happens. That's what we're taught. That's in all media. The longer you're together, the more you fall out of love. They're the exact opposite. The longer they're together, they talk about how long they've been together. And they're like, and I love you more and more each day. I'm so hot for you. I'm literally hotter than for you today than I've ever been in my life. Are we fucking right let's now? Maybe fuck in the middle of this let's auction. Go. It doesn't even matter. Let's just take off take my like, let's go. I'm so on board. I'm so horny. Let's rage. That's them all the time. It's always up the stakes. It's always falling into love, never falling out. And then also Wednesday is constantly skeptical and encouraged to question authority and like the musings of strangers, no matter what it is. They're always like, yeah, like, this who is this who knows you should be skeptical be skeptical of everything be adventurous but also be skeptical and then pugsley is just constantly adventure adventurous but he's never belittled for his curiosities it's constant mm -hmm. just like yeah go dig a hole go fall off the building it doesn't matter like follow your bliss in that way like yeah who, and who it's never <laughs> it's never controlling and it's never like they are never trying to impose their beliefs on each other. They're just allowing no. each other to be who you are. And that's true for like even the mom and Lert, like just every character that's in that. And they're also like not trying to impose their ways on like 
people outside of their family either, you know? And yeah. while, while other people clearly are trying to do that. And like they, they talk about their family a lot too. Like the family has a very violent history. All of their deaths were all very violent, right? Like, so one was burned in the Salem witch trials. One was, you know, beheaded. Another was buried alive. Another was this, yeah. right? And there's several times where they mention too that, uh, oh, I wish mom was here to see this or I wish this person was here to see this because the family has just passed down this type of kindness and this acceptance of individuality and all of that. And every single one of them were killed for it, essentially, yeah. is, is yeah. how I read that. And like, I love, um, so the family motto that they have is, we gladly feast on those who would subdue us. And I yes. feel like they are just able to like really fully embrace that and that's exactly what happens to everybody that tries to fuck them over you know and yeah, i'm just like but, good but good. it's I also it's also the exact the thing that we talked about about like or we talk about regularly about like giving problems to somebody else like as 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 a means of i mean it's emotional abuse just bar none but at the same time like yeah. not acknowledging your own personal stuff we all have stuff we all have baggage we all have this stuff this is perfect because it's the city it's wherever they are it's other people constantly trying to throw their own baggage the what 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 bothers them so much about the adams family is because they have their shit so together in such a very succinct they know exactly who they are they're not ashamed of any aspect of that they trust others they love each other they have empathy they have understanding they care all of this other toxic shit tries to get thrown their way and their motto is feast on it take that sure if, yeah. if somebody wants to give it to you take that and use it as fuel don't don't internalize it in a way that's going to destroy you take that and use it to keep going it's not it's still their thing but eat it up <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah no and and i love that like that they do that that that's just like that even like as a viewer like sitting here and watching this i'm like fuck these people forever i'm so pissed and still like one of the things watching this, and I, as a kid, was like, I fucking love Morticia. I love Wednesday. You know, like, these were, like, excellent people to look up to, right? And even when they are absolutely within their right to be upset and to be pissed or to question people or to be furious, they never give in to that. And they just give in to kindness because it's easier because... It like in in reality, like it's probably not really going to affect them, and yeah. it's not worth like the the way that they deal with all of this conflict is it's not worth their time or effort or their energy. Like they would rather fuck all night than give this woman like a second thought. Fuck her, whatever. Truly. Even when the lawyer's wife leaves him and goes and is now with it, right, with cousin it. They're like, all right, cool. You're you're fine now. I know that you were in on this plot, but it's okay. You've changed. They still allow her in despite what she did. Yeah, you know. So there is a sense of like restorative justice there too. And yeah, I they're so well. Good. Also, just just allowing growth, like understanding who that person is, and being like, oh, you've you've embraced yourself. Therefore, we embrace you. Like that's beautiful. We're on yeah. board. You know. Also, just thinking about it more there's this underlying i guess it's not necessarily a theme or motif it's more of just like a general what is considered the real world of this movie is scared of them because of fake scary shit they're like ooh goth ooh bats ooh dead can't deal 
it's like all of this sort of like skeletons and kind of like can't be scary. Whereas what the Adams family are afraid of are the real villains of the world. Like when they go to the school and the teacher's like, oh, this is the board where people put up their heroes. It's like a picture of George Bush Sr. on the oh, board God. and that's somebody's hero. Yeah. And Morticia's response to the teacher is, poor dear, have you talked to their parents? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, sweetie, that's so upsetting that George Bush is this person's hero. Have you spoken to the, the parents? Like, Love it. Have you talked to them about this? So to me, it's like they're they're just like the most realistic in this way. Whereas all this other stuff, it's just who they are. It's this. It's not even a performance. It's just embracing this idea of of joy and originality that's not caustic, that's not expected, that's not. It's not a version of love or of empathy or of life that is taught. The version of life that is taught is this other thing, and they're seeing the horrors of what that thing is. So like even at the play. They're disgusted, kind of, by this performance of kids because it's inauthentic, it's fake, it's lies, it's deceit. This, like, we're happy flowers, it's not real. None of that is real, that's not how life works, blah, right. blah, blah, right? So they're, like, this is this is bad in the wrong way. Whereas Pugsley and Wednesday getting on stage and performing this absurd, guar-esque <laughs> sword fight, that... That is comedy because it's absurdity. It's taking the reality of what is is to the umpteenth degree and making it performative art. So for them, I mean, we have blood. That's just what it is. But it's 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 humorous. It's so bizarre and psychotic. At the end of it, they're in literally a pool of blood. Everyone's covered in blood. It's absurd. It's silly. But <laughs> that's that's funnier and better than like we're flowers and life is beautiful and everything. Life is fucked up. Everything's fucked up. The world's wild. So much broken shit has happened. Everything's broken all the time and fucked up. And what are we even doing here? Existentialism happening in its biggest form here in me today, right? So that's fake and inauthentic and deceitful. Whereas this other thing is just humorous performance. And that at the end of the day is the crux for why Gomez gets so mad. It's deceit. It's deception. Right. It's it's inauthenticity in its finest. It's this intentional, malicious act that happens to them but i mean just it's so thorough and so clear the ethos of the adams family in this and it's just so beautiful to see that resonate in all these different scenes so clearly so eloquently it is such a good movie (laughs) like i i do really love this movie it truly is like okay you you just mentioned gomez so let's talk about gomez who has this like fucking big ass zest for life and just like lives his life the most passionately and unashamedly that he can. And he's yeah. like, and what I, what I love about him is he, like, when I say passion, like, uh, yeah, he has like passion for his wife, right? Like, for sure. But like, but just for anything that he does, he throws himself into it 800%. And he believes in people 100%. And he doesn't, he doesn't know how to do anything half-assed. It's either yes or no, thank you. But like, yeah. More often than not, it's going to be yes. And Mm -hmm. I think that, like, that was so great to see, like, a man love something and love his wife and love his kids and love, love his brother too. Like, so that whole mamushka scene was supposed to be a lot longer and it had, uh, Fester and Gomez like singing about brotherly love within there or in, in that song, right? And they even, like, 
hired Broadway people to help them with the number. And like, it was a whole fucking thing. But they had to cut it down because, or they didn't have to, they did because in some uh, California test audiences, like they didn't really like it. And it was mostly men that were 16 to 32 year old white males that didn't like it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that tracks for this time. But like, I would have loved to see like, just because it's uncommon to see a man love his family and his brothers and his like, everyone and everything so much and be so unashamed about it and he even like goes up to his brother and is like hey look i'm sorry like i was jealous of you because you were everything and everybody loved you and i did like take these two girls like you know and i that was shitty of me and i'm sorry that's like the very first thing that he says you know like when he sees his brother his presumed brother again and i'm just like damn like i mean how many people would like just try not to talk about that or like you know like if this was that type of arc was in a different type of movie how would that have been handled and it would not have been handled that same way i don't think no not at all and that's i mean but that's one of the joys about this movie it's like these characters are so unashamedly themselves but that's the outlier of what is expected you know but it's not surprising that it didn't test well with that group because that's i mean who who ta- sure. who talks about their feelings the least? Who is the mo- least vulnerable of people on this earth? Or in and westernized- that's why it's so important that this character exists, you know? Yeah. Like and yeah. like even when he gets like upset or angry or anything, like he knows he needs to go be by himself for a minute and his family is like, Cool, go feel your feelings. We'll be here when you're ready to talk about it. And he has that silly ass train scene where he's like blowing shit up and like sorting things out and figuring it out for himself, right? And then like he never takes out his anger on anybody. He yes. sits there with his anger by himself first, processes, and then is like, okay, cool. I'm ready to face this now. Yeah. In that moment, it's it's his stuff. It's his thing that he needs to process to work on himself. So he takes that thing and goes and handles it, works on it, spends time with it, does not give it to his wife, his kids, to anybody else in this sort of like sort of vomitous espousal way of of. I don't know how to handle this, so I'm just going to unload it on you, and now it's their problem. No, he takes that quietly. They understand what he's doing. He allows himself time and space to reflect, to vent, to do whatever he needs to do to get to a place of understanding, whether or not that's like acceptance or whatever. It's more of just understanding what it is so he can articulate exactly how he's feeling, which he does. It's like the best. Like, yes, that's that's amazing. (laughs) He's such an amazing role model of an example for like a male character and for like uh as like the head of the family and everything and it's so cool because like he's he's not necessarily the head of the family i feel like his relationship with marticia like they are just a unit and they have each other's back the whole time and it's not like he makes the decisions or she makes the decisions like if like they make decisions together and if one of them makes a decision then the other one is like okay great like they never question each other they just like seeing that love and trust in people that have been married for a long time and like you know rather than like complain about each other or do this like i fucking love them i also i do want to point out this movie does something that a lot of movies do but fail at so there's like this concept of like absurdities and oddities of people that exist and that is the adams family the extended family who come for the mamushka they come for the like they're they're there they're there to party they're there to celebrate the conjoined twins or the bearded lady or like Mm -hmm. these these sort of like kind of what would be considered 
I mean, obviously like ableist, but like the idea of what would be considered like somebody who works in a sideshow mm-hmm. in this family. It's just you, you are, you are exactly who you are to quote Kesha shout out. And you're um, beautiful. <laughs> and you're be- Yeah. And loved no. and respected and you but, have a place. But, but also like even within that, it's, it's an embracing of every, all of these other things. Cause like even in the first scene, they're speaking English, but then she says something in French and Gomez is like, that's French. She's like, we, oui. and that's hot. And then in the next sentence, he's speaking Spanish to her and she's like responding in Spanish. So it's like this multilingual language. And then even later when, um, thing, yeah, when he shows or when they show up on the table, immediately doing starts doing sign language and Gomez yeah. is like on it. Gomez knows sign language also. So And then he did like Morse code and the whole thing and I'm like and then there's like a moment where uh, yeah. where um Morticia says somebody like uh there's somebody in the room, I forget who it is, but she says her name with that intended pronunciation from that woman's uh native yeah. um yeah, like that's so it's, fucking it's like, cool it's, and respectful. A, like just this little tiny beautiful yeah. thing. But it's a it's it, again it's one of those just like it's a respect and empathy situation. And like and it's never that like you can be the 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 most unfamiliar looking person in this room and there's never a moment where that appearance has anything to do with who you are. You just exist and they're like, "Hey, how are you?" Like for instance cousin it. The whole point cousin it looks i mean it's a cousin it is a big wig right that's who they are no eyes no face <laughs> he's no the features. big wig right but yeah exactly that's but his there's, character yeah so there's ne- i love that so much but there's never <laughs> a moment of questioning of who these people are they just are and their their well, their body their appearance the way they exist never comes into question it's only their actions that could call their character to question which is deceit or uh, maliciousness or, or, or any of those things and it's never the butt of a joke and it's never meant to be yes. grotesque right and uh, especially yes. when we're talking about like ableism and things like that right like when there you have a bearded lady or when you have you know like all of these like sideshow-esque type tropes right so often that's kind of like oh look at how weird we are but that didn't feel like this here whereas i think the the second one, it did feel like that. Oh. Like, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. But like everything that we're talking about now is what makes the Adams family so wonderful and so lovely because this doesn't punch. This is a movie that doesn't punch down. Absolutely not. Not, this, not, sing- this, not a like, single time. This doesn't even punch up. Like, like this, like <laughs> all this is doing is just like elevating elevating individuality like not just as like a personality or an aesthetic but like for whoever and whatever you are like whatever physically emotionally mentally like fucking that is who you are that's beautiful just live your truth that's it well it's also like as a family i feel like they are regularly breaking down falseness or, or uh sorry they're they're regularly breaking down fraudulence in everything like the Girl Scout who's there performing for uh, Pugsley oh and God. Wednesday. And she's like, <laughs> how about this? You buy a box of my cookies and I'll buy some of your lemonade. And then Wednesday just, are they made out of real girls? <laughs> like as just a way to just completely break whatever performative uh, dome is happening in this moment. Like whatever this weird performance that this person is bringing to them 
just shatters it. She does that so well in every single instance. And that's what I think the family does. I mean, Morticia does it all the time when faced with these moments of fraudulence or these moments of like performative inauthenticity. She's very just like, let's not, let's not do this. Like, can you be real <laughs> with me? Cause I don't, I don't, I don't want to spend any time of my life in this performative fraudulence. Be you, whatever that is. I'm fine with it. But this fakeness, this facade, this character you're giving me is fucked. And I'm not going to play along. <laughs> yeah, I I love, I just fucking love them. I love how they treat it's, everybody. It's I love how, like, I, I can't gush enough over these characters and over this movie and how much I love it. And, like, I feel like they would have kept making these movies, too, if Gomez hadn't passed away. Like Yes, truly. What, how, what, like, ah. That was, I, I didn't even realize that he had passed away until I was uh, doing some research and I was like, oh, man. Because it was like, shortly after shit. this. Right after Adam's Family Values. Was it? Because when did Street, because I know Eric, Eric had talked about this a little bit. When did Street Fighter come out? Because he played Bison oh. in Street Fighter. I don't know. But I think, I think they said that Adam's Family Values was his last one. Was his last? Wow. I think yeah. so. Or they That's... said, the internet. <laughs> Sorry. Reddit. <laughs> Reddit said. <laughs> Sorry, I'm um, doing my research paper and all of my sources are from Reddit. So pff, shout out <laughs> to Reddit. <laughs> this subreddit I'm in is really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I do want to. I mean, just a couple of like little jokes from this. When Morticia's going to get a job, they're like, oh, did you go to college? She's like, yes, I went to university. Oh, what did you study? Spells and hexes. She looks at her. She's just like, liberal arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what to put. I'm just going to say liberal arts. Like, yes, that's so silly. Man, I wish we got to see Morticia do some spells and True. some like hexing. Just like, a, like I, don't, I don't need it, but just like, uh, just fucking Morticia. Morticia. Yeah. yeah. Also, Lumpy Adams, when he's dancing. I feel like he was me and every single one of my friends who was into Psychobilly when we were like 14 <laughs> years old wearing our shit creepers and with our little like hunches because we were so uncomfortable in our own bodies with this big ass hair and this like silly like Aww. purple goth jacket shit. And we were just like uncomfortable. We were the coolest people. Anyways. Is, That's is so cute. Lumpy, Lumpy is the most psychobilly uh, character in this very uh, goth world. Um, so <laughs> he probably listens to the meteors or whatever. I love the way that like him meteors. and like Wednesday are <laughs> dancing and like Wednesday doesn't even like smile or anything. She's just kind of like, Phew. she's like, it, it's almost, I feel like she's kind of like leading him during the dance yeah. scene. Right. And she's just like not even smiling, but you know that she's having a fucking great time. And I'm just like, yeah. yes, I love this. <laughs> I love it too. Um, um, I do. I oh. want to bring up their richness of it all because yeah. they are an incredibly rich family. This is just the way it is. However, I still am so about this rich family because to me, from what has been shown in this movie, they do not care about money. It's not in a weird, greedy or like we're so rich we just don't care about money type way. It just to me feels like money does not have value to them. What has value is love and relationships and friendship and kindness and all these things. Because I mean, 
they go to the the whole um the what is it bidding the auction when they mm-hmm. put that little piece in the auction oh, to yeah. help with whatever and they're just trying to get like a, maybe a couple thousand or whatever and as soon as it goes up like oh do we hear a hundred or whatever and then she's like 50 like what thousand or whatever or like and then they're like, like let's like right yeah now. they're like going back and, and they- forth and they're the ones who put it up <laughs> but they're just like 50 or 40 45 whatever and they're just like getting hotter and hotter about this idea not only are they getting the thing that they gave for free, but they're ending up giving away this money to this whatever cause this thing is. For so to them, it's so incongruous. And because we need more of them, according to Matricia. Yes. Oh, yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. So, so to me, it's like they're doing this for a good cause. It literally is of no consequence. The money does not matter. The object does not matter. None of these things matter. In that moment, what matters is their passion, their emotion, their affection. Their love for one another. That's in that moment the most important. Yeah. They compensate everybody. Like, did you see how much that lawyer was getting from them? He should not have been getting any of that. I was like, holy shit. But like, they like, so anybody that they come into contact, they're like, it doesn't feel like they're hoarding it. It feels like they're just like, oh, oh, hello there. And like, they like kind of spread it. And I felt like when, when they lost their, the house and the fortune and all of that, I felt like, it wasn't necessarily about not having money. It was about the house, you know, and well, well, it, it was, was about the brother too. It was about uh, Fester, you know. It was the home, but largely it felt like it was just being deceived. Like I trusted these people, and they swindled me. Why would they have done that to me? Like I don't give a shit about my vault. I don't give a shit about any of this stuff. Like obviously, I want my family to have a home, sure. Yeah. But like, and that's what when they're living in that hotel for the time being like you'd said earlier it's there's never a moment of like this is your fault or this is your fault or like i blame you and i'm resentful and i'm mad it's just like all right well this is the circumstance again who cares we'll be fine i'll be fine our relationship is fine the kids are fine we're fine we're doing great we'll just go get jobs and that's just what we're doing now since we don't we don't have this privilege anymore we'll accommodate because we're strong and capable and also money doesn't matter money doesn't mean anything in the end, like, it doesn't matter about money. Like you said, they were so just baffled at, like, why they don't understand the concept of betrayal and, like, why that happens and why yeah. people have, like, why people were doing that to them, right? And the only time we see any of them break is from that, you know? So it's Gomez being betrayed by what he thought was his brother and, you know, all of this, right? Who ends up to be his brother, his real brother, which yeah. was not supposed to be in the uh, in the original thing. And then Christina Ricci, nine-year-old Christina Ricci went up to the director and was like, excuse me, um, but this actually has to, because it was supposed to be ambiguous. Like, oh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And he's like, um, no, this needs to be Fester. This needs to be the real guy. Thank you. Like, and like the whole cast was fucking behind her, but she like straight up like walked up there and was like, hi, thanks. I'm here. Um, but yeah. What happened? Oh, my card is full. Okay, that's why we have Skype. Okay, cool. I'm going to take the card out real quick. We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. Okay, are we back? I think we're back. Let's talk about Fester. Let's talk about Fester. So... Christopher Lloyd was very nervous to play Fester. He was very scared because he loved Fester so much, like the the comics growing up, and he didn't know if he could do him justice. So this was like 
a really, really big deal for him. And I thought that that was very endearing. He did a great job. It was so cute. He his, did fantastic. His performance. Oh, yeah. His so performance good. as Fester is, is Fester, <laughs> you know. And I love that, like, um, you know, how we're talking about this family, like, you know, embraces kindness and individuality and, like, sees through fake things and stuff like that, right? Like, the only reason yeah. that they don't see through him in the beginning is because, like, it really is Fester. And while we're still questioning it a little bit as the audience, right? Like, they... They're not questioning it because it is him underneath everything. Like he does the ma- the mamushka without even like, you know, like just by memory and stuff like that. Right. Like there's all these yeah. like suppressed emotions. Even if he doesn't know the right thing to say, he still does the right things. And the more that he entrenches himself into this family, the happier he becomes and the more free he becomes. And we see we kind of see that transition between being in a family that is really abusive or, you know, just like doesn't like you for who you are and doesn't give a shit about you to then that transition and like what that looks like when people just say like hey you're okay just the way you are hey you're valuable you know and like as he starts to experience that he just he becomes engrossed by it and he becomes a completely different person and the only time that he like falls back is when his stupid ass abusive mother quote unquote who like kidnapped him and like brainwashed him so that's a whole thing right but like she tells him things like she hit him and said that the Adams made her do that and you're everything to me but you're also nothing and nobody cares about you right and I'm just your mother you only owe me your entire existence like that that sort of things like she's a little bit triggering for me I'm like ooh, mommy issues hey (laughs) yeah (laughs) But, but like I loved seeing Getting away from that can really change your whole life. And it, spoiler alert, really does in real life when you get away from those kind of people. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, shout out to ridding yourself of fucking toxic relationships. Like, amazing. So good. It's just, you said the word reinvigorated. Was it reinvigorated or rejuvenated? You said- One of those. One of those. (laughs) And that's literally it. Like, he experiences this- environment that is so warm and welcoming and encouraging and kind and 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 real in all of whatever that encompasses like you're allowed to be there you're allowed to fail you're allowed to be vulnerable in this space and you're supported it's support you're supported by people who care he gets even a moment of that and he's like i want to stay this is it i want this i'm a new me like I'm forever changed and it just takes a second stepping away from this all-encompassing, probably 24-7 toxic environment that you've been a part of for however long it's been with Fester, right? Like you're just Mm -hmm. getting this, just a rejuvenating experience of being around what, what it means to be supported, what it means to be encouraged. It's so important. It's, it's like huge, (laughs) right? (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And I loved his growth and I loved how he fit into the family and how he was like allowed to even like make mistakes and stuff like oh you yeah. didn't know this right away that's okay like you know like yeah. that just even even just that sort of kindness like uh, i love the adams they are very wonderful christina ricci is so good just she in is. general i do love Another iconic line like she has many of and obviously many more in values, which we didn't do. Spoiler. Sorry, y'all. But 
when she has Pugsley get up into the electric chair and she, yes. he's like, why do you want me to sit there? And she's like, because I want to play a game. He's like, what game? And she straps him <laughs> in. She's like, it's called Is There a God? Oh, Amazing. I wrote that just, down too. <laughs> so it's just, it's fun. It's iconic. It's really just like fun moments of whimsy uh, of character in the world. Like it's just so silly and fun. It just paints and contextualizes everything we're seeing in such a, such a beautiful way, such a fun way. Um, in a way that and- the next movie does literally not anything of if anything every one of those moments of painting is just pulls you out of the world it's distracting it's like not the right joke not the right tone not the right tense not the right anything oh my god i'm so the right attitude this is it's not an adams family movie Um, no i do want to say before we move on to the next one that i really really love that morticia and wednesday for all of this stuff that we're talking about with being super kind and for, you know, uh, letting people be themselves and for being very yes and. And, you know, they're also women that, you know, if you cross them, they are not going to allow themselves to be taken advantage of. And they like they're fucking they're bad bitches. Right. And, you know, that they are fucking on it and they are not to be messed with. And just by even like the very first shots we get of both of them, we're like, oh, this girl like I love, yeah. I love, yeah. Well, also in the same but world, so strong. What, like what I love the most is that their identity or their feminist, their female existence is never called into question when it comes to strength or when it comes to being able to support themselves. Like the men in this story are never there to really save them with the exception of when Morticia is literally a damsel in distress. Right. <laughs> But even then, she's like, she's tied up and they're like, we're going to do this. She's like, promise. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. or like, <laughs> like that kind of bullshit. She's just like, oh, ooh, ah, like fire pokers. Like, we, how many of them are there? Like, let's talk. You know, so well, like, and that's a really interesting conversation about consent, too, right? Because she is yes. super down with it when uh, Gomez is doing it. But even though she has like these pain tolerances and things like that. What is uncomfortable for her is not the pain, but it is that she does not want this to happen and she that she did not consent to that. Yes. So the so the the villainy of it is literally the lack of consent. Not the act. The act means nothing to her apart from possibly fun and pleasurable. The only and that's thing that's villainous Gomez is Gomez gets all pissed. Yeah. Gomez gets pit like that's the only thing that breaks him out of what he's in is somebody is doing this to my wife and like they're holding her against her will. And that's that's all he needed to know is just like, cool, I'm going to go help. I'm going to go do this like I am me again. Yeah, which is amazing. I mean, yeah, in, in all of these spaces, there's never a moment of, oh, you poor thing. Let me help you. Like with these characters how we know them to be how odd would that be how foreign would that feel like that would feel so out of place like what why like yeah. these you don't need that like if anything i mean i don't know what <sighs> wednesday is so strong and independent and so i mean she i mean largely she's the one who saves the day in this like she's she's the one who's co- consistently and constantly skeptical asking questions and being like you seem wrong this seems fake i don't trust it or you or her and i'm gonna be the one yes. you, you may have the, all these other people fooled i will not be fooled and then even in these moments when she does kind of start embracing the reality or like what the perceived reality is 
she's still a little hesitant. And then in that moment when she sees uh, Craven is shaving Fester's head in the bathroom, she's like, I fucking knew it. I knew it, and I'm going to tell everybody. Exactly. You fucking fake. <laughs> You're fake. <laughs> and also, like, how cool. We know that she's a badass. We know she's great. We know everything. We never once see her smile in this movie, and nobody asks her to smile or to give them a hug. Like, you know, oh, give this person a hug, blah, 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 right? We don't see any of that shit. And no. also, Morticia, she allows herself to be doted upon, right, by Gomez, which, like, usually when a woman is allows herself to be doted upon in movies, it's like, oh, she's greedy, oh, she's this. And, like, she's even kind to, like, his exes and stuff like that, which is nuts. And like yeah because we don't get that either and like and also so often women's like females and especially mothers like embracing their sexuality is like icky and gross and it's something that like should not happen right or it's vilified you know so i love that all of these tropes that like exist and that are normally there and would normally be there for this kind of like for a movie like especially a children's movie they don't exist here. And they don't, like, no. and I think that's just such that, like, thinking back about this movie and about family values and stuff, I'm just like, <sighs> I'm so glad that these were in my childhood. I'm so glad I saw this picture of uh, strong women and strong femininity from both a matriarch and from a young woman who is about my age when I watched this, right? So, yeah. like, I yeah, got yeah. to see that and what it could be, like, growing up or whatever you know yeah you you saw the possibility as an outlier but at least the outlier existed like at least at least there was something there that that to be seen amongst the the fucking fields of all of this other media that portrays sort of female empowerment and femininity at large a very particular and singular way you had this one really really fun moment to see that like not all of it is that not all it has to be that yeah yeah exactly it's such a good movie. It's a good movie. Okay, let's go okay, let's fuck down. the other one up. In an obnoxious and unnecessary origin story prologue, the Adams settle into an abandoned insane asylum on a hill after being run out of their hometown during Gomez and Morticia's wedding. Oh, it's also in New Jersey, which is a fun and unique joke to be enjoyed by all. Thirteen years later, the Adams family are getting ready to celebrate a young Pugsley Adams' journey into manhood with a mazurka, which will bring the entire extended family to town. Wednesday longs for a world outside of what she knows as both her mental fog and the physical fog that surrounds their mountaintop begin to clear. What's this? A cookie cutter Samesville town suburb just happened to be at the foot of their hill? Meanwhile, famous local celebrity of Samesville, Margot Needler, is preparing for an HGTV-style community overhaul called Assimilation, where everything will be the same. Wednesday finds herself wanting to be like that everyday normal townsfolk, but then again, what is normal, am I right? The extended family show up, oh no, scary monsters! The town, coaxed by Needler, decide to renovate the Adams Mansion on the day of the celebration. Chaos ensues, Pugsley gets a mustache, Wednesday saves the day, the community expansion is inclusive now, simple movie has simple ending, da-na-na-na. Yeah. So fuck this movie. Um, just all the fuck way. Fuck everything about this movie. There's nothing about this movie that's good, fun, or interesting. Um, well, okay. 
I am going to start off with just one thing that I did like. I liked the Pugsley sequence where he's on the rocket. I thought as a piece of cartoon, sort of cartoonish stylized action, I thought it was well boarded. I thought it was well thought. I thought it was interesting. But it's sandwiched between 20 minutes of badness and then an hour and 10 minutes of badness. So like... I thought that that sequence was great. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting and cool. But that's about it. I mean, sure, that part was cute. But um, yeah, okay. The character design. Let's start with that because I was incredibly put off by the character design first and foremost. Before anybody opened their fucking mouth, I was like, this is well, trash. And so, there's a good way to do that style, but they did not do it well. I will fully say... I feel like the character design is the only thing that they got right. And here's why. They designed it off of the original Adams Family comic. Like oh, all did of they? all of their looks are exactly like Gomez looks exactly that way. Pugsley's wearing that striped shirt. Um Morticia has that sort of like frilly end of like webbed dress where she's like very very thin. They tried to take from that original style at least i think so i didn't do a whole lot of research okay well shout out to me okay the men all look the same the women are fucking not there like they could hide behind a tree because like they have no definition in their bodies no so i'm looking at the comics right now and they had more definition you know they weren't just as thin as a pencil and i was like okay like women in this movie are terrible everybody in this movie is terrible but there's literally nothing to Morticia physically or emotionally. So I felt like, I mean, they might as well not have been there, her and Wednesday, because I was like, what are they doing? Like, how do they even exist? This whole movie was like a campy, unintentional, dumber version of, I don't know, some Leave it to Beaver episode or something, like something that is not Adam's family, because it was just kind of like oh, look at how kooky and different this is. But all of that stuff that we were talking about before does not exist. And maybe they were going more off of the comics and stuff. I don't know. But I fucking hated it. And it's like bad. it was the whole the whole point of like the the main. OK, there was like a couple of different levels of contention. And like one was between mother and daughter. One was between daddy and son. The other one was between tradition and like modernizing like Which, stuff and then the other one was between like normalcy and being a little weird and i was like what which, the fuck is happening which if we're looking at the the most basic boring versions of storytelling those are four of the biggest like there's no there's no expansion upon it's it's so simply the these moments of contention these moments for growth are so textbook storybook cookie cutter unimaginative uncreative it's like he just read a book, How to Write a Story. And these are the first four examples of subplots and stories. And he just took that and was like, oh, just throw an Adam's Family costume on it and boom. I do want to jump straight in. I feel in. like they never watched it. No, but that's the thing. It's the costume of it. It's not the characters. They obviously never watched the other movies. They don't know who the Adam's Family are in so many different ways. This movie does not know what the Adam's Family is. And... To further this, I want to talk about Fester a little bit. Um, what the fuck 
is this character. Also, Nick Kroll, shut up. I'm tired. I'm tired of you. I'm so tired of your voice. <laughs> I'm tired of all of this stuff. You were born into wealth. You're rich. Eat the rich. Fuck off. JK LOL, hire me on Big Mouth or whatever. <laughs> um, no, but legit though, I don't I don't care about you. Um But one of the first jokes we see with Fester is when wedding crisis averted he's like here get on my back and i'll climb up the cliff and gomez and patricia are like oh for sure and they're climbing up the cliff he says i think i can see my house from here oh no that's a women's prison what does that mean that's a joke but what is it implying and then because i couldn't figure out what it really implied i was like oh oh whatever bad joke fell flat that's fine later he says um, they talk about like going somewhere and he says, I'm not allowed in certain places like the mall or the zoo. And then I thought, huh, who congregates at malls or zoos? Young people. In this other one, mm-hmm. he's saying his home is with women, implying some sort of like casual sexual tension of some kind. So that's now involved. And then immediately after that, when they go into town, blah, 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 he tries to jump in with a song when these kids are singing this terrible same, same song, whatever. And he opens his trench coat and all these bats fly out. But underneath the bats, you can see he's not wearing any clothes. So everyone runs away. Cool. So he's a sex offender. So the whole bit of him in his badness and his his like opposite of goodness or whatever, which is because to them, they don't understand what the Adam family is at all when they wrote this movie. He is just a lovable sex offender who continues to be abusive in public for fun. That's so fucking Um, gross. Because it's fun. Because being a sex offender is so fun. And uh, what is his name? I'm just going to tell him to fuck off on this. What is his name? Matt Lieberman. Fuck off. Like, that's not fun or cute or kind. Like, why would you fucking write that into the story? Like, I mean, that's just one of the many problems with it. But, like, obviously it's not this funny. This is a children's movie. But also, like, this is also a children's movie. And you're trying this is to... absolutely not the place for that. Yeah. So, so just a big fuck you to him. Like, that's so bad. And toxic and wrong. And like, maybe I'm reading this wrong. But you obviously used a rule of threes. You did three jokes that were ambiguously sex offender-ish and ended it with him exposing himself to children in public. So if it's something else, please prove me wrong. But like, fuck you. That's so bad. This movie sucks. Your movie fucking sucks. Well, and then (laughs) what they did to Lurch too also sucked. I felt like he was just supposed to be like... Because, like, Lurch, haha, like, he's the big guy, so we're going to go ahead and make him read Little Women and like house cleaning. And, uh, like, we're also going to have him watch the Home and Garden channel. Meanwhile, he, like, supposedly had just broken out of this insane asylum, which was abandoned. So they, like, fucking left him there, right? And then he was immediately put into servitude for the Adamses, right? And in the insane asylum that he was like- trapped in. And, like, still in the same padded room, right? And we're supposed to think that he likes it. That's supposed to be funny. What the fuck? But but also, immediately off the bat, too, you're setting your two main characters who are supposed to be so incredibly likable and warm and charming and fun to be the most unlikable fucking pieces of shit. When they're in that car, they hit him with their car. They're like, oh, he's okay? Perfect. Take our bags. And you're like, yeah. what is happening? Wait, that's not Morticia and Gomez. What also, they fucking ran bags? from their wedding. 
Like they wouldn't do that. Like they would yeah. like they'd be like, hey, what's going on? Like, let's talk about this. But like they all just fucking disappear because they're like, oh, well, people can't. So the whole thing was people can't accept us. And that was yeah. never like like the struggle to fit in and the struggle to be accepted and the struggle within the family, like those things are not what makes the Adams family. What no. makes the Adams family is their lovingness for each other and how endearing they are and how they just roll with the punches and how they make the best of things and how like even like, you know, because they're different from everybody else, but they're also better than everybody else in literally Every single way. So that's why they're endearing. And that's why you can't like, like just they love and trust and are kind and all of this. And right off the get go. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. You're good. All right. Take our fucking bags. Like, we're going to move in. And I was just like, what kind of insane asylum is this that has this grand ass staircase and this fucking like uh, chandelier and all of this stuff? Like what the like none of this made sense. And I didn't understand why Gomez and Morticia never coddled their children. Like, they were just very yes and. And they were very like, oh, what are you doing with that knife? No, take the butcher's knife. You know, like, letting them explore who they are and, you know, their individuality and everything. And in this one, all they're trying to do is just shelter them from the world. And I was like, this is not fucking, this is not them. they changed the dynamic so much to make it the most boring version of a family drama where it's the young girl wants to see the world, but the parents are like, no, the world is dangerous. You don't want to go out there. They're going to hurt you, whatever. Like, that's not what, what the fuck? That's not the Adams family. Like, that's not what this does. That's not what this is. Like, shut up. It's so boring. It also makes this young, strong female character, Wednesday Adams, into this character who wants to buy and do things that are generally girly. Like, <laughs> In the most boring, pretentious, I want to be where the people are vibe that's the most toxic trash thing I've ever fucking seen. So if that's not already setting the stage for like this movie hates women, when we get to the moment where we see the Home Art and Garden Network, it shortens it to the acronym HAG. It is the HAG network. And on top of that, what is it emulating? HGTV. What do we associate with HGTV? Home makeovers and and shows like that, who oftentimes in our expected by gender society watches those. Female identifying people. So in this moment, you are laying the scene as a fun joke to call women and female identifying people HAGs because you're mocking the network and calling it HAG network fuck off like that's it's not fun or fun it's another one of those things where it's like you're just punching down in this way that's not it's all like not to say that if you punch down in an imaginative way it's better but like it's not even funny it's not even a joke you're just calling these women hags like okay fuck you like what (laughs) so that's also why i'm kind of like okay the because the men are very clearly in this movie animated to be like very physically present but the women even the young women and stuff unless they're supposed to be a grotesque woman like they are literally not there you know like there's that whole like women should be seen and not heard right so it's like cool this is what we're fucking saying now and then like some of the some of the things that are said in this movie are like trapped in a black hole of loneliness like all of us frump women and then there's another one that says pink is a gateway color and then there's another one uh, where there's this movie was just riddled with like these 
lines that fucking hate women. And then there's this other, like, okay, so at the end, they decide that they're going to reveal that the big bad mommy character, whatever, who's trying to sell all these homes, has cameras in everybody's house, right? They decide that the, the way that they're going to prove that to everybody, which, by the way, her control center is in the craft room. Fuck off. And this whole town is pink. Fuck off. But anyways, they decide that they're going to talk about, like, rather than saying, like, oh, last night you had this for dinner or whatever, the two things that they use as evidence that we know you and we've seen you because you're, because my mom is spying on you were one, hi teacher, you put your underwear in the freezer and I saw it, right? And then the second one was a woman that when she uses the bathroom, she sits on it backwards. And so they're talking about female genitalia rather than using anything, anything else, and not not even mentioning men, right? Because it just stops there with those two, right? It's not like, oh, you, yeah. and then you do this, and you do this, and then you do this. It's like, here, think about your teacher's vagina. And like, also, you were watching your teacher put this in there. And two, you were watching this person go to the bathroom. Like, what the... And, and to have these women kind of like, you know, in their private lives outed like that, I was like, this is super uncomfortable, and they don't give a shit about it. And like, how is that teacher ever going to go to school again? Like, how, why did we have to focus in on acts that revolve around female genitalia for a children's movie? And because women aren't people in this, according, according to, wait, what is his name again? Shout out to Matt Lieberman. According to Matt Lieberman, uh, women are not people. Women are such objects. Women are only as important as their genitalia. And that is it. Um, so cool. Great, great, good, um, good all around great movie, uh, for children and for the public. <laughs> all around goodness and greatness from, uh, this fucking piece of shit. What is yeah. this movie? Like, not only that, like, I don't want to like knock the animators and animations hard, but like, it did not look great either. Okay. I do want to just real quick. They were trying to sell this food movie on fucking casting alone. Cause like, can I read you who is in this movie? Please do, because that's a great cast. It's insane. Oscar Isaac is Gomez Adams. Charlize Theron is Morticia Adams. Chloe Grace Moretz is Wednesday Adams. Finn Wolfhard is Pugsley Adams. Nick Kroll is Uncle Fester. Snoop Dogg is It. Bette Midler is Grandma. Allison Janney is Margot Needler. Martin Short plays Grandpa Frump. Catherine O'Hara plays Grandma Frump. Titus Burgess plays Glenn. Jennifer fucking Lewis plays Grand Auntie Sloom. Like... Also, what the is parents, this cast? Mommy and Daddy uh, Morticia were the parents from Frank and Weenie. Oh, Martin Short and Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were the parents so I, from I Frank and Weenie, which we did a few weeks ago. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. But yeah, like, what is this all-star, literal all-star cast of people, of talented, talented, talented people? So to me, this budget was like a hundred fucking what? Nine, a hundred million dollars, some stupid, some wild. They spent... 95% of the budget on getting this cast alone, probably, and then gave nothing to the story, gave nothing to the animation. I'm assuming. But at the same time, somebody fucking bought this screenplay. Like, right? I mean, I guess. I don't know. Like, this is just, it was so bad. It w- It felt like it was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Wednesday's braids were nooses because she's like a bad oh girl? And I was God. like, that is so fucked up. Why would you do that? It's... It's the most, so to me, this is 
like a straight cis white guy writing for the first time. This is literally a first idea pass. This is a draft one of a screenplay. He was too embarrassed to let any of his friends read it. And some absolute moron bought it and said, green light, let's rage. First ideas only, no revisions. Go off, bring it in, and we're going to do everything you say unequivocally, no questions asked. Um, We heard you hate women. Doesn't bother us. Like, their their idea of comedy is some stupid 4chan edgelord shit. Like, cool. Fester showing his dick to a bunch of kids in a park is fun. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Thing looking at feet pics. We have to show that, right? Oh, yeah, right? Off the bat, let's make this gross. Go off. Because, I mean, I joke about feet pics all the time because feet pics are funny. But, <laughs> not, okay. But you know what? in Whatever. a children's movie it's, where there's a pedophile oh that God. is, like, showing, like, exposing himself to people, right? And, yeah. like, so, okay, the first movie was very horny. It was super horny, but it was, like, But horny it was consensual and, like, horny. Consensual and loving Consensual horny is the best horny. And it, And it was also, like, cute and funny in that way. This was, like, everybody is a closet creep and watching everybody and looking at feet pics, exposing themselves, watching people shit or, you know, like, whatever. This is so gross. It is. I do, like, it did. the. I mean, obviously, the first one did such a good job. Again, we know consensual horny is the best horny. As a society, I hope most of us or at least most good people know consensual horny is the only horny it is the best horny and 100% fuck you if that's not the truth for you (laughs) truly that is a bolt like if that is not a truth for you you're a bad person so this movie is written by a bad person this is a bad movie um like I felt truly at a certain point I did stop taking notes because I was like you know what I can't Because I can sit here and talk about how, like, that was a bad joke. Here's why it didn't work. It did not like, like, their wedding. Their nuptials were put the lime in the coconut. Like, okay. Are you fucking, I was like, off. This movie is bad. Is is this a Mountain Dew commercial? Is this Mountain Dew Code Red? Are you selling Halo? What is this? I don't know what this is. What the fuck is this? Right? Like, oh, instead of kissing, put the lime in the coconut and drink it all up. Oh man, that's that's the that's the um that's what you went with. Oh shit, that is what they went with. We that can't is the show kissing made. in this movie, but we can show people exposing themselves to children and pornography. <laughs> cool. The the most yeah. So um also Fester and Needler get together at the end, which is like, when where did you set any of that up? None of that was set up. Yeah. That literally came out of nowhere and it's at the end, it's like, my sweet darling dear. It's like, when? Since when? Since when? This movie Since was when? like Look how weird we are. Yeah. Oh movie. my God. Ugh. You know what this movie was? It was a homecoming theme day, but it was goth. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where you do homecoming theme days and it's just like, just go goth and somebody's like, mm, I have a Spitfire t-shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just like, okay, cool. Go off, Bill's Wheels. Like, we don't care about you. <laughs> but, yeah. you know. Oh, I it's... have all black. I can, I mean, I maybe like, I don't yeah. know. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm wearing, okay. Oh God, I can't even do it. I have a little bit of shit to say about Gomez. Let's go. Um, Gomez, like, okay, in the other one, 
passionate, loving, just a zest for life. This one, he's a shitty coward. And he called his mom because he thought Morticia needed help. And yeah. like, so sowing dissent between the two of them and deceit, which the whole last movie, like the, the first one, right? That was the worst thing that could ever happen was somebody stabbing them in the back. And here it's like, oh, haha, my wife is mad. So or having a hard time. So I'm going to call my mommy and she's going to come help. Fuck you. And he, like, what was it that he said? He was so worried that she would have a facial expression. Again, going through the women should be seen and not heard and all of that stuff, right? Fucking cool. Awesome. So cute. This whole time, he's trying to relive his life through his son. And I'm like, that's boring. And I fucking hate this. And, like, the emotional moment that they had at the end with, like, because, of course, it can't be, like, father-daughter and mother-son. It has to be daddy son and mommy daughter right or just if there's going to be a point of contention of course it has to be along the same gender line right but like oh the yeah emotional, emotional moment that they got at the end they didn't fucking do anything to earn it like they didn't no. build anything where it's like okay mom we're fine okay daddy like thank you like they didn't do anything to earn any of those moments no none at all like this movie did nothing for any of these characters like all of these characters were the literal opposite of what they were in like in previous iterations. I mean, even if like, and I know that this is like a big oddball and like whatever, I liked it. It's fine. The Adams Family musical, like, I, yeah, I'm going to bring it up on the pod. I'm gay. I'm sorry. Like, that's just what I'm doing. <laughs> um, in the Adams Family musical, if as something that's going to like kind of go off the rails of what is expected, they still got the fucking memo as to what world they were creating for this when they're throwing in songs and they're creating these moments of, 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 of derision or these subplots for their characters to go on this journey. Like in that Wednesday wants to be normal. Like that's a whole, that's the whole thing is she meets this guy who's like normal and she kind of wants that normal life. She doesn't want all of this wildness anymore. But even in that story, she's still Wait. Wednesday. I think it's a girl that she meets in the musical. Oh, in the musical. Okay. I thought no, I'm, I'm saying I'm song. saying in the musical. So so if we're if we're comparing oh, an exact okay. same plot point in the musical, she meets this guy. They have this whole song crazier than you. It's cute. Where like instead of she's like, I want to change all of my world for you. He's like, no, your world is beautiful. I want to come to you and meet you where you are. Like, let me come here. And so it's like this whole thing. It's really cute and very that. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's her having this sort of identity crisis of like trying to fit in, but like what is fitting in even anyway? And it's very like base level, even in the musical, kind of silly, kind of simple. However, done well and of world, like it makes sense and it works. Whereas this one does the exact same thing and does everything wrong. Does every fucking moment of that whole fucking plot of contention that does every fucking thing wrong. Like the fact when she comes home that one night and she's like in pink, like, what are you wearing? She's like, nothing and just like why 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 what does that mean like like obviously we know what it means because it's simple but like why what what is this doing for the movie like this does nothing for the movie it does nothing except degrade our confidence in this character this character who we know we know this character this character doesn't do that she wouldn't do that not to say that like we can control what she does or does not do but everything that has led us to this point of knowing who wednesday adams is this is not something that we're familiar that she would do like this is not 
and and I mean with everything around her, like this is not Wednesday Adams. Absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> you know what like there are certain moments and beats in this that really like we this whole movie didn't feel like Adam's family, but it reminded me of the worst parts of the Incredibles. Um, yeah, like with a lot of like the the uh, tension in the family and like the husband and wife having tension and like father son and the whole like and I'm just like, okay, cool. So like they did no work. They don't even know. Like they don't. Ugh, it's and, so gross. And I then, hated this. And then these like small little musical interludes. How they introduce the fucking song, the iconic Adam family song, where Lurch sits down shit. at the organ. And Lurch and Thing are doing like this little back and forth where Lurch just starts playing all of these iconic songs like the Star Spangled Banner and this and that and just like doing little bits of it. And Thing is just like being like, no, stop, not the right one, not the right song, not the right song. And then do 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 do. And then the, he's like, snap, snap. I'm like, fuck off. So unearned. This is not good. Yeah. This is not fun or cute. You're trying to be cute right now and you're not cute. This is not fucking cute. <laughs> the Adams Family is serious and it is iconic and you're fucking it up. And then Lurch singing that song. Um, okay. Like, and that's another thing that they were trying to feminize hurts. him, right? Because yeah. like that, like, you know, so you're like, oh, Lurch is going to talk. And every other time we've seen him talk, he's like so low, right? But he reads Pretty Women or Little Women and uh, probably watches Pretty Women. And then he like has this really insanely high voice. Like they they just like turned him into a big fucking joke. And I well, hated that. Because to me, like thinking more about it, I don't mind the feminization of Lurch. What I do mind is that not only did they feminize him, but they made him in a place where they can control him to reiterate the concept of patriarchal control over feminists mm-hmm. in general. Well, like, and I just hate that all of those beats were supposed to be funny. Like, that's yeah, like oh, cool. If this is humor. his character, if this is his character, great. And I love this and I am on board for this. But they were done in a way that like fat jokes are done, in my opinion. And I oh, was yeah. like, it's I'm like, not fucking <sighs> here for that. All of these moments, it's for like the sake of humor. I feel like if somebody were talking to us right now to defend it, who wrote it, that guy's name who I keep forgetting, but fuck him. If you were to defend it, it'll be like, well, it's just edgy humor. Like you just don't get my humor. If you're telling me I don't get your humor, you're not fucking funny. Like, and I, you know what? You know, what? I'm gonna take that back actually, because not everybody's shit is everybody's cup of tea. Don't yuck somebody's yum. Sure. However, oftentimes rather, let me just like clarify this emotional thing that I'm trying to say. I want to clarify that oftentimes when somebody, especially cis white men, say something like, you just don't get my humor, it's not because it's not funny. It's because it's usually incredibly problematic. And the thing that you find funny about it is because you've never experienced anything you're talking about. You've never experienced any of these things and you think it's funny because it's something so foreign. The concept's fucked up and you think the idea that it's so far away and fucked up is funny, funny enough to make jokes about it. But fuck off. You never experienced that. You don't know this. It's not funny. You just think you're this edgelord fucking meme shit. Like, shush. Stop. Like, uh, I just get so mad. It's so bad and silly. And I just, I can't even, I can't, I cannot. I can't even. I don't understand why they wanted to give the dude that made Sausage Party this fucking movie. Like, oh, yeah, I saw that. (sighs) Let's give that dude a children's movie. Let's give him the Adams family. He's going to do a yeah. great job with that. I'm honestly, I'm good to stop talking about it. 
my view. I like- too, because I'm so like I didn't write a lot of notes because I was so I I was just so mad. Like and it's, it's fucking it's messy. This it's is, messy as fuck. It's, it's not the Adams family. No, it's not cute. It's not it's not good. It's not it's nothing. This movie literally wasted so much time. I feel so bad for these animators. Like you spent so much time making these characters. Okay, in but this they also bad got world. paid. Like let's be real though. So like uh, some people were like, "Cool, I got a fucking job. That's great." But like the people that wrote this and did all like that sucks. Like if I'm if that's my career, I'm gonna get paid, right? Like I'm yeah, I'm fucking oh, for sure. here for that. I will make shit yeah. as long as somebody's paying me. But yeah, the the real is that person that wrote this script and directed it. Fuck all of this, y'all suck, and I I'm done. Yeah, I'm also done. So we did it. We did it. We watched an incredibly fun movie and suffered through the sludge of whatever the doing fuck homework. that was. I could have done, <laughs> I literally could have done nothing and it would have been better. Like it would have been so much better. I hate that Anything movie Anything so would have been better. I, I okay. honestly, I don't know if there is a movie that like, even, even that Judge Dredd shit, like there's some movies that we've done that I've been like, this is garbage and toxic and like bad for the world. I think this is my least favorite movie that we've done. Like, oh, truly might be my least favorite movie i really i despise this movie it's terrible it's bad I think so too it's bad for kids it's like, bad for the world it's bad for people it's bad let's talk about the one we liked for a second um yay so 1991 who was it for um angelica houston just yeah <laughs> just it's it is it's her time to shine and honestly breakout uh christina fucking, ricci too. christina ricci just being an absolute showstop stunner actor in this movie, but like truly, you know what? I'm gonna say both. It is for Angelica Houston and Christina Ricci because they are both so good in this movie. Who do you think it was for? Man, this is for fucking ev- like this is like okay. I know I said that a couple times, but this <laughs> is literally for every like this is for every child that grew up in the '90s that just had a lot of dog shit. This is also. This was everybody's first introduction to BDSM and consent and all of the all the shit that like you know nobody like knew about, but like sh- they were talking about consent. That's fucking dope. Yeah. So yeah, man, this was for okay, yeah, it was for sure for Angelica Houston and for Christina. For sure, it was for Christina Ricci, like going up to the director and being like, "I'm sorry, um, Fester needs to be like a hundred. There needs to be no ambiguity. You need like as a nine year old just going up to the director. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Director. Excuse me, I have opinions. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, this is for them. Yeah. Did you like it? Oh, and I loved why? it. Tell me why. I just want to hear more about Tell this good movie why. before we roast the um, other one. It is a beautiful story. It's fun. The family is so kind and loving. Empathy is at the key to it all. Empathy and consent and kindness is the root of this. Also, it's like kind of gothy and fun, campy, scary, um, ghostly and cool. Like it's just, it's it's like, I just feel like it's everything I want to be. I want to be like that kind and empathetic and like cool and just so, so, so wonderfully earnest and honest in everything that I do but I also want to be like kind of scary and like love Halloween you know what I mean like I want to be all of these things 
and they don't have an ounce of anger in them. Even when something bad happens, it's just like a fleeting emotion. Like they don't hold on like out of anybody, right? Because like when you think of like people that, you know, are live an alternative lifestyle or whatever, you're like, oh man, they hate everything, blah, blah, blah. But they are just, they don't have room for that because that doesn't no. exist in their world. And I'm like- It does not. I love this movie. And it's one of those, like, it, it was such a breath of fresh air to watch. And it made me, like, reconnect with something that, like, I lost, like, on a personal level. Because, like, I've been struggling for a while with, like, anger and uh, just, like, some some big, deep emotion stuff. And I'm just like, why do we hold on to these negative emotions? And why is that, like, how we are programmed to live and also, like, kind of conditioned to live? And yeah. to feel and to think and all of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been trying to do a lot of, like, reconditioning myself to, like, not have those kinds of feelings or emotions and stuff like that. And it's, like, I feel like just watching this is, like, it was, like, hey, you don't have to. And look, at this is what that looks like. And this is this is the environment you create when you do that. And so it was, like... It's a good fucking movie, and it was also fucking wonderful to watch and to just, like, reconnect with that kindness. Kindness. You can be kind, and it's fine. And, like, you can be kind and a badass and gorgeous and love people and be unashamedly you and, like, fuck what anybody else has to say. Like, it's about the community that you build around you and stuff. And that's, like, that's all the stuff that I hold on to so much in my personal life. But then seeing it on screen was just, like... It just felt like putting on a nice, big, giant, warm blanket, and it was so great. Rejuvenating. What a gorgeous movie. <laughs> uh. What about the 2019 one? Uh, was it new, interesting, or the same? Progressive, regressive? How has it evolved with today's ideals? It was new. It was also very interesting. Both of those in the bad way, but it was not the same at all. It was very, very different than the Adams family I'm familiar with, that we are familiar with, that we honestly deserve. <laughs> like the Adams family <laughs> that we were given, like what a treat that Barry Sonnenfeld one was. Like what an absolute delight and treat that world is. This one was bad. I've said it, we've said it collectively, canonically, we know, not good. What do you think? How do you feel? Oh, um, it was new. It was not interesting. It was super fucking regressive and atrocious. And this movie should not have been called The Addams Family and they should have had different characters for the family. And I've been like, okay, whatever, fine. Like, it's still a bad movie, but at least it's not trying to redefine these characters that were already perfect and that I loved. And like objectively the 1991 Adams family is perfect it's great it's like if they had kept those characterizations and that type of kindness and that kind of yeah like I would have been more on board especially with that cast and with all of that right but it just yeah. had so much potential because it already had it had a super great family right it had super great main characters it had a fucking stellar cast it had you know, notoriety, right? So everybody would want to go see it because, you know, it's the Adams family, right? And I don't understand how this movie could fuck up so bad with something that should have been so easy. Without a doubt. You know what to do. 
and you didn't do it. <laughs> you chose not to. You chose to do the exact opposite of what was supposed to happen in the sake for the sake of what creativity or lack of creativity. I don't know. I just no. Who is it for? Real answer. It shouldn't be for anybody. It just <laughs> nobody. It's for nobody. It shouldn't be for anybody. Don't watch it. It's not worth it. Don't give your money to that piece of shit. I think that it was for Tim Burton. I think that the dude we keep saying, whoever, but uh, that guy that wrote this and directed it, are they the same person? I don't know. But both of them, you know, they've been doing bad movies for a while. So probably wants to start doing bad movies with boomer goth Tim Burton. And I think that this was kind of their pitch. And it was um, bad. Damn, it's very bad. Yeah. Did you like it? No. Did you um, like it? I <laughs> I did not. Is that it? Did we finish? I think we finished. Yay Look us. Look at us. 29th episode. <laughs> we did it. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, if you have questions or comments or suggestions or compliments, anything, write into us at nostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, rate and review, and we're on Spotify and all of the other places. Um, just do it because it helps us and we really appreciate and love you. Thank you to Danny Barkley for editing our podcast. And thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jess. A treat <laughs> as always. Um, I'm so happy we found another rock bottom for uh, fun cinema. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe, uh, okay. I feel like every episode we've been saying it's for Daddy Boomer Tim Burton. Yeah. So maybe we should not do scary stuff or like horror right? stuff. Yeah. Let's we're, do Indiana let's go. Jones next week. Let's I mean, do that. We could. Let's yeah, do you want it. to? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. So if you want to watch along, watch Indiana Jones. We're going to do the first one and then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Shia LaBeouf, what's up? Okay. <laughs> and remember, stay cute. And stay critical. <laughs> we love you. Bye. Rate and review five stars. Also, give us cute reviews and give us stuff and give us money or don't or whatever or donate it or <laughs> give us fame. At give us, Hila Fibri, give us, at Venmo. At, yeah. Give us everything. Give us all your love. All your hugs and kisses too. Okay. I think I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>